1: Yeah, this is the energy that this movie deserves.
2: <laughs> oh, fucking what energy?
1: Quick question, Roy, before we get into it. Uh huh. Who would you say was the worst part of this movie?
2: Julia Sweeney?
1: It was absolutely Julia Sweeney. <laughs> I was like. <sighs> Her character was like, okay, the acting is a lot worse than everyone else, and then I realized it was Julia Sweeney. Like, I didn't recognize her instantly. I was just like, no, this sucks.
2: <laughs> and then you saw who it was in the credits and said, oh, that makes sense.
1: No, no, I, 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 I recognized her. Like, by her second scene, I was like, oh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> that, that's what it clicked. Did you Common know? <laughs> Common Julia L. Common Julia i think I'm, I'm building a thesis in my head that Julia Sweeney is like, the worst actress <laughs> who has been on screen because so far
2: <laughs> every second the, the hit
1: rate is like you know, Elle Franken at least doesn't like stick out of the movie as like not being a normal human compared to everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's it's kind of a he's playing a character Mhm. whereas I don't know what Julia Sweeney does here
2: I can tell you one thing she does and this comes to me from the IMDb Did You Know section under trivia. Um, her character, whose name is Mia, says sorry 17 times. So that's what she Fantastic. does. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Julia bit. <laughs> We're talking about... Family. Stuart Saves His Family 1995.
1: This Starring is, uh... Al Franken. I mean, it's... It's not as bad as as the last movie we watched right but this this movie is like it's it's like it just like is yeah (laughs) but it's like never really you know i've never seen a movie that does that is so much for no one (laughs) like that is so does so little to even like stand out like in the slightest in like any direction like it never tries to grab your attention there's Mm -hmm. no it doesn't try to be a comedy Mm -hmm. like it's not that the jokes aren't funny like there's they they aren't it's not that the jokes don't land right it's that it never feels like it's trying to be a comedy
2: yeah it's like it's got one or two like I almost want to say slapstick but it doesn't quite get to the it point where doing, I can officially it tries call doing, yeah, it slapstick physical
1: comedy. Like twice, when yeah,
2: he does. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's I've like I remember before I watched it, I saw a lot of things um, that said that were kind of saying like it's actually more of a drama. Um, it's not actually a comedy. So I was like, okay, well, this is going to be. Is this going to be like sappy? Am I expecting something that's just not going to be a comedy at all? And that's why it failed. And it's just weird. <laughs> it's yeah. just the tone is just like it's not even like it can't make up its mind. It's like it's trying for a tone that doesn't exist. It's like it's
1: not trying.
2: Yeah, it's not to trying have to. to like, yeah
1: to to like do anything or to like I don't know like because I'm not sure it. Maybe maybe it does maybe it does want to like have a tone but it doesn't go enough in any direction like it just yeah. doesn't it just doesn't like try to entertain you
2: <laughs> it doesn't it really doesn't this movie does nothing it's like I know this this phrase has gotten a lot of use recently in in like in funny memes yeah. but I've never seen like this is literally the movie ever. If I could ever use that phrase to describe something, it's this movie. It's the movie ever. What do you mean? It's just what descriptor do you apply to this movie? What adjective
1: is relevant to this movie? It is so much like it's it's so much like barely exists, right? Uh huh. Like you know how you know how in Dune they like they have to walk without rhythm so they don't attract the worm. Yeah this movie is like doesn't have a pacing so it don't attract the audience <laughs> <laughs> like it's not badly paced or mispaced it's just like, it's like the movie's trying to hide from you
2: Alf <laughs> Franken is the Paul Atreides of comedy <laughs>
1: <laughs> the other the other the the other comparison I can give to is that there's this podcast I used to like sometimes listen to called sleep with me which is like helping you fall asleep by like the host having like kind of a monotonous delivery where you kind of like space out while you're listening so that mm-hmm. you can just kind of have something in the background while he like recaps an episode of star trek like really um, <laughs> meanderingly <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know this movie is like that but it's like not doing it on purpose like it just you know it's it's not it's just barely anything <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's like watching a watching a lecturer th- who is like really bad at like public speaking but like not in a way at his bombing like that would be entertaining but it's just like kind of like i don't even have the words like it's just like Slowly advancing, but like not really. Oh, so like me when I used to teach.
2: Yeah, sure. Like, get, yeah, <laughs> like you get up there and like you kind of know what you're gonna say, but then when you get up there and you see like people looking at you, you see like 25 people looking at you and watching you and expecting something from you, all of the words come out wrong and you know, like. You aren't sure if they're coming out wrong, you aren't sure if they're landing, you aren't sure if they're connecting, and eventually it gets to the point, as you're talking, where you're like, I kind of hope they aren't getting anything out of this, because (laughs) I don't think I'm representing this well enough. I don't want them to see me doing this. Go ahead, fall asleep, it'd be nice, don't remember this.
1: So you know what it's like to be this movie?
2: Uh, Yeah, I've been this movie. (laughs) This is why I quit teaching. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> I was Stewart saves his family. The Stewart saves his family of professors.
1: Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, it's like this this movie one one thing I found out about this movie is like on the home release or the home media release section of the Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. It says that it's been sold in like a triple box set thing, like bargain set thing with Wayne's World and Coneheads great. So it's like the movie that like, you know, you don't want, but you end up buying it because you want to see Rainsworth <laughs> and it's probably cheaper in the three-box set. So you're gonna watch Rainsworth <laughs> and you might watch Coneheads, but you're not gonna get around to Stuart Saves the Family, Mm-mm. so you just, like, have it in your... It just It just feels like this movie is not wanting to be watched.
2: Yeah. This is a movie... This movie was made for two reasons. Or for two, I guess purposes let's go with purposes um the first one is to have something to put into thrift store video shelves and the second one is for al franken that's who i think the audience of this movie is al franken made this movie for himself
1: there's actually one more one more person who this is for even more than al franken and the Harold dream is <laughs> <laughs> get his no, ass <laughs> genuine. i'm not even joking
2: uh, okay, tell me I've this, tell me about this. The, I
1: think it is on the Wikipedia page for either for the movie or for the character Stuart Smalley, but apparently Al Franken wrote a book
2: mm-hmm. in
1: character as Stuart mm-hmm. Smalley.
2: Yeah.
1: Harold Ramis read that book and he wanted to turn that into a movie. Like, apparently Lorne Michaels didn't want to make this movie. Oh Al my Franken God. didn't, like, try to get this made. It was Harold Ramis who didn't even, like, it's not because he watched the character in SNL, because he read this, like... Probably kind of like sappy, like self-help type book. Yeah. And it was like I want to make this into a movie, oh but God. for that, like, there's that's that's the bizarre thing about this is that if this was really like a passion project of the director, it doesn't feel like that.
2: Mm 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 mm. It's so. <sighs> I thought going into this episode, I was going to be like, what do we fucking say about this? You know, because it's like there's nothing to discuss. There's barely any movie to talk about. It has like there's there's just such a lack of substance. But now, like, as we're getting into that, it's like this movie is very weird just in the fact that it exists the way that it does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not yeah this is like it's not the actual contents of the movie that that are weird but but it's it's the phenomenology of it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the phenomenology. Yeah exactly. It's strange cuz it's so after I watched the movie I was like cuz I kind of like I vaguely remembered the Stewart sketches from um you know I was I was 12 13 in the early 2000s so I Big watched a lot of <laughs> Big Al Franken fan, as we all were. Um, <laughs> the two things—the two things that eighth graders in the year 2002 <laughs> liked were Al Franken and Limp Bizkit. Um But uh, I remember seeing them on like I watched a lot of uh, like daytime SNL reruns on Comedy Central, um, so I vaguely remembered the, the sketches, but I hadn't seen one in fucking thirty years, twenty years. So um, I went back and I was like, "What actually is the joke of him?" <laughs> what is the secret joke of Stuart Smalley? Great so I went, question. Yeah, so I went back and I actually watched a couple of his sketches, um, and I think what the joke of him is is that he's like he's Mr. Self Help Man, right? He's he's doing self help things. He does. Yes. He's like he's described as like a veteran of many twelve step programs, and I think the joke is that he's like somebody who. Is doing all of this self-help stuff and trying to kind of be a self-help personality, but is still like in no position to do that. And is it's like very obvious to anybody who watches him because he he yeah. he starts yeah, he starts every every sketch apologizing for um something extremely Aggressive, passive-aggressive to outright aggressive that he had said on the previous episode, which he does once in this movie at the very beginning. Um, yeah, the movie uh,
1: kind of sets up the idea of who Stuart is gonna be in a completely different way than like most of the movie is. Like it just never seems to be because like the entire like second half of the movie, he's like super competent at what he does. Yeah, yeah, uh,
2: he's just he's just like a guy like with in a the s- beginning
1: you think it, that's going to be the joke that he's like he's in too many self-help st- help stuff right like that's that's yeah. what that's what the joke read to me mm-hmm. in the beginning it's almost like a comedy bang bang character like something <laughs> it could be you know it could be like an improv character that you can like you know improv one episode of comedy bang bang around right Yeah. with like, two <laughs> other guests right like mm-hmm. it would it would fill that purpose right like just someone who does it way- has been in way too many self help stuff and it's just like shows up in all the twelve step things, no matter mm-hmm. whether he actually is like an alcoholic or yeah. anything. But then it's just like not really that because he has like this public access show, and then in the second half of the movie he actually like becomes successful with it.
2: Yeah, he's and- just a guy, and he happens to have like a funny voice. Yeah. <laughs> which and we're still he... we're we're still in the funny voice era of comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this time the funny thing about it is that he has a
1: lisp. Yeah, it's funny that he has a lisp. Isn't it funny? It's so fun. I mean, I, it's not even funny. Like it's not <laughs> no, it's not even like played as a joke that much. Like Yeah. He does kind of have a funny voice but like not really. Like nobody yeah, gets to it or nobody is like this fucking guy, right? Like it's it's really only his dad who like <laughs> yeah, I had I had a thought where I was like, this is uh, th- th- that that Freddie Got Fingered is a much better version of like this family <laughs> th- dynamic thing where like the main character is an outcast towards the family, and the dad and the other brother are like tied. Uh, yeah. Except in uh, in Freddie Got Fingered, the main character is actually a freak, <laughs> and this one is just like. Kind of a man-child, but, like, not in an offensive way, (laughs) Yeah, he's...
2: How do you describe Stuart? He... How do you describe Stuart? I can't come up with a description of Stuart. He's the least... He's one of the least remarkable characters
1: I've, you know, I've seen. Yeah, that's the most, like... That was the immediate, like, knowing the Herod Ramis story, or that he, like, wrote the self book, and Herod Remus liked it, apparently, gives it, like, technically gives it an explanation, right? Like, an an explanation exists, but it doesn't, like, really explain why this exists, right? Yeah. Just just because that is why it happened doesn't explain, like, why it happened, right? Like yeah. Pat is the worst character ever created. Yes. Um, in one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yes. But Pat is a memorable character.
2: Yes. Like, I, I don't want to you... remember Pat.
1: No, but you will. <laughs> yeah. This, you're taking this to the grave. <laughs> you're in fucking 2050, there's going to be like flying cars and we're still going to be talking about how much Pat sucked
2: yeah, we hate pet. We are cursed with pet. Pat is the the albatross around all of our nicks.
1: Stuart, pet is gonna be once there's gonna be a fucking once we're gonna have to like fucking pay with apes NFTs because they forced it upon us once <laughs> you know, there's gonna be fucking we're gonna be like living in the metaverse. <laughs> the one understanding we still will have is that Pat was the worst.
2: Yeah, yeah. Pat is the <sighs> one truth we will always be able to cling to. Uh, meanwhile, what is Stewart?
1: Stewart is S- nobody. Th- he was nobody's favorite SNL character. Mm-mm. Like,
2: Hero Ramesses, he
1: I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think he d- didn't watch SNL. Just he just found I know, his book yeah. accidentally.
2: Which like the book is supposed to be like a parody of self help stuff too. So Harold Ramis enjoyed it. Said I gotta have more Stewart. Yeah.
1: And this is just fucking. He's just so like. It's like making a making a movie around like fucking. Colin Jost, or whatever the fucking uh, yeah. Guy currently on SNL who does the Weekend Update.
2: It's yeah. like...
1: One of those, like, cast members that is just there to, like, fill out the roster. Mm-hmm. Is... This is the... In, in, in wrestling terminology, right? Like, Al Franken is, like, the jobber of smr <laughs> Like, he's just there to make the other comedians, like, look better.
2: Mm-hmm. He's the cast member who plays the straight man.
1: Yeah. It... It's You just, know who... He can't carry, like, he just... He's just not big enough to carry a movie like Mm -hmm. neither the comedian like who who thinks of al franken as a comedian right like as you said he's a disgraced senator
2: yeah well to be fair at the time he was known for being a comedian and like a comedy writer he didn't become a senator until several years later which you know there was a transition period where we're like who thinks of Stewart or who thinks of al franken as a senator um (laughs) uh but yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's. I'll give him this. He commits to the bit, as little of a bit as there is to commit to. He is Stuart the whole time. That's
1: true. Um, that's the, but that's the fucking bare minimum of a movie. Exactly. Like to yeah. Stay in character like that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay thanks okay you are <laughs> like going
1: there. to a restaurant and saying they didn't they didn't maliciously put poison in it out of a big <laughs> bottle with like a skull on it like they I didn't <laughs> see them pour that onto my food as they served it
2: <laughs> they gave me food
1: they gave me food
2: yeah i went to the restaurant they gave me food what can i say uh do you know who liked this movie roger ebert
1: liked this movie yeah i saw that <laughs>
2: Yeah. Do you want to look at at the? I feel like Roger Ebert will be able to.
1: A rare Ebert. Invent
2: fan. things to say about this movie.
1: <laughs> and but did um, he review it on his website or just on his show? Because I I have. It. I have
2: it. Uh, I have. I have the link. Um, here, let me. I have. I have it on RogerEbert.com. Oh, there we go. Yep.
1: Well, okay, three stars. That's still. Yeah.
2: That's still. I mean. With the grainiest picture I've ever seen in my life.
1: Um, Yeah. He... kind of a... You know, I kind of don't hate the graininess on this. Like, like it looks better than the movie did. (laughs) The way... I forgot to say this. But when we say this movie barely exists, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I had such a hard time finding it anywhere. I did too, yeah. Usually, you know, I don't pay for these movies. But usually they're pretty easy to find on various websites Mm -hmm. Um, in this one it was like one of the like offshoot versions of like a a copycat version of like a different like streaming website where like the sidebar recommended like in the recommended other movies one of them was called the boobs 2022
2: (laughs) I didn't even notice that that was what you sent me in that screenshot until like two days ago when I messaged you about something Boobs, twenty twenty two. I watched it on a website where, and I told you this, but I watched it on a website where the entire time I was watching it, the ad directly next to the player was just a close up image of the head of a penis. Fantastic. The in- so I had that there the entire <laughs> time. I'm oh, not about to full. Not... S- I'm
1: not going to full screen,
2: screen watch. No, I'm not going to full screen. <laughs> Stuart saves his family. <laughs> I'm not fu- I couldn't full screen it and full screen it because you know why? Because every time I tried to hit a button on the player to pull up, like, pause or anything, it would open a window to a thing that would try to give my computer a virus. So I'm not oh, yeah. going to try to yeah, click no, it, it to open up. Yeah, to open up the full screen. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'll suffer with the image of a wiener. I don't care. Yeah, I have like this. Co- this computer cost me $1,200. Uh... <laughs> I'm not.
1: <laughs> I have, like, four different ad blockers. yeah currently and it still doesn't catch all the penises Uh, (laughs) but at least it blocks like some of the pop-up stuff (sighs) so like I I remember when like watching movies was always like clicking away five porn ads
2: yeah so
1: but yeah this movie was very hard to find and the version that I did watch was like in 4 (laughs) ATP with like you know no subtitle options or anything available um,
2: oh yeah mine looked fine I definitely didn't have like any options I could barely even pause it but it, it looked fine <laughs> um but yeah Roger Ebert um I wanna I want to read just a little bit of 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 Roger Ebert's and this is just a very bit this is a, a very small like one sentence paragraph Stewart saves his family is a genuine surprise. A movie as funny as the SNL stuff, and yet with convincing characters, a compelling story, and a sunny, sweet sincerity shining down on the humor. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what he thinks.
1: Well, I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm glad someone enjoyed this. (laughs) (sighs)
2: Ugh.
1: yeah I, I'm looking at this ebert review and it, it really feels like he's giving it like more credit than it deserves like he his tra- it feels like he got like things out of this movie that weren't like really put in there yeah like the movie uses flashbacks to establish the various family diseases and then it describes like all the f- flashbacks like that's not a that's, that's not, not like, a smart device or anything. It's just, yeah, that's, like, basic that's what, movie language.
2: Yeah, that's what flashbacks do. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you use flashbacks. The movie used flashbacks competently. Like
1: <laughs> some of the, I, I, I will say, though, some of the, like, structure of this movie confused me, because it was, yeah, like, it sometimes used his TV show as a framing device, Mm -hmm. To tell the main story of the plot But then Like he told More plot stuff On his TV show and then we zoomed out And then the next plot stuff happened Like outside of his TV show And then I guess he told it in his next show Or something like. It It was was weird I feel like Yeah I feel like if you If you use a framing device You kind of have to like Have a good reason for it Mm-hmm. Um, and have it to be like consistently happening and not that like an hour in you're like oh fuck yeah right this is a framing device I forgot because <laughs> that's why I felt
2: like
1: yeah I, I it, forgot if it's just normal narration or that it's a TV show I don't know
2: yeah it, it yeah and just like the way the events happen was also kind of weird because like I think it's because to me the the all the public access shit, all of the getting his show sorted out stuff, I feel like that's that's not what I give. I don't give a shit about that in a movie called Stewart saves his family. Yeah. You know? I this this movie is Stewart saves his family and also his show.
1: <laughs> yeah and like it is yeah it is Stuart saves his family and his tv show and i'm trying to like decide which one i care less about <laughs>
2: uh, it feels like the movie wants me to care less about the family
1: yeah i mean i was definitely more engaged if i if you can call it engaged in his tv show uh mm-hmm endeavors because i could like at least follow what was happening like with his family i was sometimes just like really confused who is supposed to be who and whose problem is what like it's just like so yeah. many problems and yeah so many the other like legal drama yeah uh, we didn't Th- really give like a plot summary but it's because there's none like that's yeah. basically it right like Stuart is the self-help guy he loses his tv show because of a crazy boss or something
2: yeah, because he insulted his boss on the air and she doesn't like him to begin with. And then... Yeah, um, she's
1: a uh, women be crazy.
2: Yeah, women be crazy. And then, then he goes back and forth between trying to get his show back on the air and trying to help his family out of various crises. First, his aunt dies. Then they're in some kind of legal battle with, like, their neighbors or something. And then... Um, Uh, then he gets his show back and he has to kind of, like, navigate reviving his show. Um, and his family gives him an intervention because he's addicted to self-help programs. Um, that's pretty much the movie. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, he I think eventually he kind of, like, decides to basically be be more hands off with his family. Yeah. And um, like, not cut them out, but just be like, "You people, this isn't good for me." You yeah. know, it's not good for any of us. But eventually, he like, I guess, it, I guess the end is like he kind of, um, it's kind of implied that like he and his brother at least are going to be able to work things out.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the and that's the you know, there's any faint praise I can give to this movie. Is that I kind of liked how it resolved towards the end. Yeah, Uh, I think the ending was nice, um, because it was like they stage an intervention to the dad who's an alcoholic. uh, Yeah, and it doesn't really work out, and then he's like, "I'm not gonna spend my Christmas with my family," and it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, I think that's like not a bad message, because like a lot of the you kind of expect from this type of movie to end with uh, you know family is the most important thing. Yeah. and, you know, it's. I think it kind, it's kind of nice that uh, he, you know, patches it up with his brother in a way that, like, they both realize that the dad is the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and in the end, he's, like, celebrating Christmas with his girlfriend, but his brother comes visiting, and it's kind mm-hmm. of like this bittersweet ending. I think that was good.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I like that. I I always, I, well, not always, but if it's done well, I appreciate, um a movie doing something that isn't just the typical like he said family is the most important thing blah 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 yep. um, and especially one that says that it's okay to like disengage from your family if they're you know causing you genuine pain um it, like I think that's good um and I liked how they did it um everything leading up to it yeah <laughs> <laughs> It was
1: it's like not that, it's not even. It was like bad content-wise. It was just like done so unengagingly, right?
2: Exactly. It's like I I couldn't, you know. It wasn't until the very end that I was like, oh okay, you know. So, because yeah. like I don't even remember what really led to him and his brother being able to to kind of, I guess, start on the path toward reconciling like his brother ends up in the hospital his brother is like a stoner or whatever he's a fuck up he's played by vincent d'onofrio who's really good in this actually good he's good, <laughs> he's good. <laughs> um he looks like gibby haynes and um he what happens when he ends up in the hospital why does that i don't remember why that he happens up, i
1: mean he ends up in the hospital because of oh yeah
2: death. he gets shot yeah I remember, okay, yeah, okay, so, okay, I have things to say about this, um, cause, so, the dad and the brother go on a hunting trip, and the dad accidentally, or the, the brother goes to get, like, a keg or something, and he comes back, and the dad thinks he's a deer and accidentally shoots him. Yes. Um, this happened to my dad, actually. (laughs) My dad... Yeah, my dad was in a hunting accident and it happened exactly this way. Um his friend was thought he was a in... deer or
1: was the a... uh, he was he was
2: he was mis- my dad was mistaken for a deer and was shot um by a very close family friend of ours. Um and it was <sighs> to say it was a big ordeal is yeah. like not even scratching the surface. Um it was a life changer. To say the least. Um, and it kind of ruined, not ruined, but it definitely completely fundamentally changed our relationship with him, with the the friend of ours. Yeah. Um, he, like, he still has, like, this guilt that keeps him from being the same way around my dad that he was before. And just, like, having this... Um, in my own past, made all of this in the movie feel... I don't even know how to describe it, because I was like, it wasn't really treated like a joke, but it also wasn't really taken super seriously at all. Um, And I just, I feel like, I feel like having my perspective on it, I don't know if it makes me, like, um, necessarily... I feel like I can't give, like, a reviewer or a critic's mm. perspective on it, you know, cause I have such a personal thing with an event like this, you know, does yeah. that make sense?
1: No. Yeah, it does. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I'm not gonna like complain about the movie, like not taking it like deadly seriously. Right. Cause it is mm-hmm. not like a, you know, it's not a drama or it's not, you know, you could make a, could make a yeah. family drama just around this event, right? Where oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just examines the fallback or whatever. It's not what this mm-hmm. movie is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, for what it is, right, it does show that there's, like, a trust, like, broken between mm-hmm. the brother and the dad. Um, yeah. And that's why they need to stage the intervention. Uh, and that's why, like, the brother in the end ends up more, like... You know, he, cause, cause Stuart is like there for him, right? Mm-hmm. In the hospital, and the dad doesn't seem to admit fault. Yeah.
2: And I guess, yeah, I, I think like, so when I, when I saw, you know, that whole thing, I was like, um, I was kind of expecting the, what I was, the way I was expecting the rest of yeah. the movie to pan out was like the dad would be, um, the dad would have this would be like the dad's wake up moment, right? Like yeah. he would he would have this this guilt and like um, he eventually he'd he'd admit his fault. And that's how the whole family would reconcile and come back together. Right. Um, it wasn't happening that way. And then they got to the point where it was the intervention. And I was like, OK, well, maybe he's like he's like in denial or whatever. And we're going to see that. But it didn't. And um So that's, I think, just watching that and trying to figure out where this was going to go and how it went, um, how they handled everything from there on out, and like the kind of following everybody's um, emotional fallout from this incident. That's how I became engaged in it at the very end. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, you know, being there to be like, okay, well, I thought it was going to go this way and it's not. Okay. Let's see how this happens. And, like, as I'm sitting here talking about it and thinking about it, I'm like, okay, um, that's actually, um, it feels more interesting in my head than I know right. it was in the actual movie. Right. Um, but in the moment, you know, while I was watching it, I was like, okay, 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 finally. <laughs> it took it took an hour and 25 minutes, but okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a little too late, but, yeah. uh, you know, I do think that uh, the final bits of the movie aren't, like, handled badly it's really just like how we got there that was so mm-hmm. well, a lot yeah it's just like I, I i was really like bored to hell for with yeah. with the first like 45 minutes to hour of this movie and then like mm-hmm. the ending did become like you know after the hunting incident it did become like more engaging mm-hmm. and uh and even interesting yeah in ways yeah <laughs> but yeah, so that's why, you know, we, su- we now sound like it would be... It, it's it's a, it's a more interesting movie than it is when it's really just, like, this one thing that they mm-hmm. did in kind of an interesting way. Um, yeah. And, and, I mean, it also shows that, you know, there's, there's another flashback that is... Where it, once again, can't really decide if it needs to play this, like, serious or a comedy thing. hmm Where... But it is, you know, in the in the way where the case against the dad builds, mm-hmm. uh, it is, you know, Stuart gets another moment where he was like, he was always like this, right? Like, yeah, when they were children, he kind of caused like Stuart to get hit by a car mm-hmm. and also didn't admit fault for that. Mm-hmm. And the way that scene is shown is a bit, you know, trying to do SNL comedy.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but the way it, you know, shows the shared family trauma, I guess, between mm-hmm. Stuart and his brother is, you know, that, that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, this is the frustrating thing, I guess, is that the deeper <laughs> statements of the, mo- the movie are, like, good. It's yeah. just, you know, insufficiently done. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's just, it's just fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> they don't try to make it engaging. Like, it's engaging on paper. Yeah. It's engaging when you talk about it, but when you actually sit there and see it, you're just going like... Oh. You know, I had to yeah. sit there, I had to find... Because I can't, I mean, I can't pay attention to just a movie to begin with. I have to have something else I'm doing at the same time or else mm-hmm. I don't... I literally do not remember anything. Um, so, like... <laughs> But even then, like, I'm sitting there and I was like, I think I was like drawing or something. And like, even then, I was like, this is so fucking boring. Give me something to actually have to listen to, you know? Yeah. Um, Give me something to look away from my drawing for. Um, There was there was one thing that made me prick my little ear up because it came out of fucking nowhere. Um, so at one point. I don't know what her job is. What is the lady's job? What who? Which one? Um I don't know the actress's name and I don't remember the character's name. His like girlfriend
1: or okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also don't know what her job is. She's like Yeah. At media she works in media, I guess. Like, <laughs> her job is media.
2: Her job is media. I'm gonna call her Betty Media because I don't remember <laughs> her name. Um so Betty Media And Stuart are, like, at dinner. And um, she tells him about how she never knew her birth father. Um, And eventually, when she was, like, a young adult or something, she she connected with him. And, um, like, the whole time leading up to, like, actually meeting him in person, it was, like, very, um, I guess, like a father daughter reconnecting type of relationship right it was like they were whatever um, and then they meet and they go they go to dinner or something yeah. and then it like at the end of it um I think
1: I know what you mean he the, <laughs> like, the dad
2: puts the moves on her yep what the fuck was that for I don't know man why is that in this movie <laughs> for what <laughs> and that's such another thing where it's like who is this fucking movie for
1: I don't know like there's there's so much like heavy drama hinted at that, yeah. that it doesn't like cause like, obviously you're not gonna do a heavy drama based on a fucking SNL character
2: yeah you can't
1: but yeah yeah and you know once again like it doesn't it doesn't redeem the dead right like at the mm-hmm. end, there's a bit where she's like, yeah, I actually made up with my dad and I'm going to spend Christmas with him. And then he's like, okay. know she's like, just kidding. Of course not. I'll be stupid? Uh, <laughs> and like, yeah, but <laughs> there's, the other, there's another bit at like when they have this dinner where he's like, uh, where she's like, I've never had a father figure. Oh yeah, and this was weird. That, that was weird as hell, right? Because he's like, I'll be, I can be your dad. Yeah. I'll be your daddy when you're not busy Uh, being my mom.
2: What? (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) There's a lot
1: of Freud going on with your relationships.
2: Like... Okay, so... We haven't really touched on... on Al Franken... disgraced Minnesota senator who resigned for sex pest reasons. Yeah. And... um... You know, I, I, knowing all of that, I, I had that like just kind of sitting in the back of my mind, um, not like I wasn't conscious of it, but like there was definitely a part of me that was like, I wonder if there's anything you know in this that's going to be kind of indicative yeah. of um, him him doing sicko stuff, um, and this was really like the only instance of it, yeah. and it was so fucking weird, and it's. They never even really like have any like they obviously they have no romantic chemistry. Um, it the the relationship doesn't feel like it's leading towards anything romantic. And
1: no, they, it just kind of happens. Like
2: yeah, it just happens, and it's like even it does. It literally doesn't happen until the very, very, very last scene that they kiss. Yeah. And there's like nothing about them discussing any like feelings toward each other. Nothing with either of them talking about feelings that they have towards each other with another character. There's nothing. I mean, you're kind literally of assume, assume so, that
1: there's a couple because it's a movie. Uh, you've yeah, seen movies.
2: Yeah, but, but yeah, like, it
1: really doesn't do the work.
2: Yeah, and, and when you get to the scene with the, you know, you can be my, or I'll I'll be your dad thing, um, at that point there had been so much, or so little indication of anything romantic between them, and that, that scene, that part of that scene felt, it didn't feel like there was any kind of romantic undertone whatsoever. It felt yeah. very straightforward, like, I'm gonna be here for you, um... You're always here for me. You know, that's how it felt right then. It was weird. Um, (laughs) But I've seen, you know, um, not to get not to open up, you know, even more. I've already (laughs) talked about my dad with the hunting accident. But I've also had like, you know, um, a moment where I've I've basically heard somebody say to another person, I'll be your dad. Um, And it was a very, like, meaningful thing. Um, So. At that point, I was like, okay, maybe they aren't, um, gonna do a romance thing. Maybe, because I was also thinking, like, maybe one of the jokes of Stuart is that, like, he's supposed to be, like, um, like, this is a character who, like, the audience knows that he's supposed to be gay, but since it's 1995, they're never actually gonna do anything with it, and they're not gonna confirm it. Yeah. Because that was, that was kind of a thing, so I was like, and, because Stuart feels like that kind of character,
1: um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if this was done today, mm-hmm. it would definitely, like, lean more into that direction. Mm-hmm. Knowing this is, like, based on an SNL thing written by Al Franken, uh, n- knowing that, knowing that like, in, in the last movie, like, we talked about, like, in It's Pet, Julia Sweeney apparently never considered the transgender implications of the pet <laughs> yeah. character and stated that, Pat is a sexual uh, being, uh, Pat <laughs> is heterosexual, like, that being important, <laughs> that, like, even though the agenda is ambiguous, don't worry, Pat fucks don't in worry. A straight way. <laughs> so knowing yeah, that's that, true. I was like, okay, so I guess it's supposed to be like, I don't know. To me, when, um, when that scene happened, I was like, oh, uh, okay, so this is gonna be kind of a muddled metaphor thing in the relationship where like they never unpacked the Freudian implications that's what (laughs) that's what it felt to me because it wasn't just like it was it was like this double thing of like him being like I'll be your dad Mm -hmm. while you're not busy being my mom and then I you know I remember this thing from I listened to a different podcast where they talked about like uh, a thing that I think they mentioned like a cracked Article from like the two thousands. It was like types of relationships, and one of them was uh, your mom, but with sex, uh, oh. and which is like you know kind of a shitty <laughs> thing. Like and it's a, it's a very crack dot com thing, but I yeah. think like whether that's a real relationship or not, there's de- it's definitely a movie relationship thing. <laughs> like I think, I think having I think movies or shows where like. The, Showing relationships that is very like one character parenting the other mm. is, uh, and especially like the like you know m- male man child and the responsible woman is like yeah a very typical dynamic. Yeah, it's very sitcom. Yeah, yeah, it's an, it's very it's very Adam Sandler, right?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> like it's it's what it's, it's what it's what like all the like happy... Happy Gilmore, Happy Madison. What's the name of the Happy Madison is the company, right? Happy Gilmore is the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like it's like what those types of movies. They always do like this relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. So so in this, I was just like, okay, so there's a lot of like muddled stuff going on here, basically. Like I, I, I never like assumed that it was like actually gonna be a meaningful like uh, substitute parent thing because mm-hmm. it is still like a. Hollywood romantic comedy type With very light on both the romantic and the comedy (laughs) Yeah, very, very light
2: Situation Um, I don't
1: know, I wasn't like Actively thinking about the uh, Al Franken sex crime thing Because I assumed most of it happened like late As far as I understand his sex crimes You know, it's a Joe Biden type uh, Yeah Abuse of power situation
2: yeah, it's, it's, cause I was reading up on it yeah. before this because, um, it was, it was a lot of like, it's a lot of like stealth groping, I guess, yeah. um, that like, even from an outsider perspective, it's like, you know, it can be a little hard to kind of determine whether or not it was intentional. Yeah. Like, not saying I'm, like, giving him the benefit of the doubt or anything, but, like, I can see, um, I can see how that would happen, but I, I can, and I can also see, um, very much how somebody would, like, look for opportunities to do the thing, to do those yeah. things.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, not to, again, not to, like, excuse his behaviors, but yeah. <laughs> it's a very, I, I'd say, you know, not knowing all the details, it ranks, like, relatively low. Mm-hmm. on the spectrum of what famous people sex crimes do mm-hmm. it is like in a way where it's like you know obviously sucks yeah but also <laughs> i don't also it's not something where i was like um uh, you know that makes him like uh like a sicko who was like always you know right looking for the for any opportunity to do a sex crime right like it's, yeah. it yeah. it feels like a slippage and like a power relationship situation like a power mm-hmm. situation thing where it's like yeah, uh, whatever <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> point yeah. is right like point I'm, is, yeah. i i'm not sure there's like behaviors in his writing you know or like patterns right. to find yeah. that would like make his um i mean cuz like obviously honestly like there's not a lot about his relationship with women that comes through in this movie. Like, it, I, just, right, I just have yeah. no idea.
2: Yeah. It's just this one thing was so, like... Yeah. It was... Again, the phenomenology. <laughs> but this time it's, like, the phenomenology of a thing that actually happens in the movie. It's it fucking weird. weird. It was weird. It was
1: weird, for sure.
2: It was weird. Um... Does this movie hate fat people, or does Stewart the character ha- hate fat people?
1: I I think it's a nineties thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nineties hated fat like, people. Honestly, like even the it's the type of this movie is so little of anything that even the fat phobia feels like half-assed. Right. <laughs>
2: It's because like one of the running jokes about Stewart is that he lost like all this weight. He used to yeah. be like very overweight, and now he's you know whatever. And so he's always like advising people to to lose weight, and um, he's very skeptical of fat people. I guess um, his one of his sister's like one of his sister's big problems is that she she um, like stress overeats, mm-hmm. um, and but like all of this is reminding me of like because I watched the I watched the movie last weekend. Uh, and then I think it was like last night that somebody posted like a screen cap of George Costanza with his shirt off in an episode of Seinfeld. And they're like, how did this pass for comically obese? He's hot. <laughs> 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 like, this is what counted as comically obese in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. The 90s just hated fat people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Whatever.
2: Yeah. Um. I thought it was going to be way worse than it was, but once again, it just feels half ass. Yeah. It's just like you said.
1: Yeah, there's very little, like, actively offensive that, like, you know, the treatment of addiction, yeah. right? Like, it's not, mm-hmm. like, great, you know, it's not, like, but it's also not, you know, compared to, like, did we have any... I feel like there was a Pauly Shore movie that had, like, funny alcoholism in it, but I don't...
2: Oh, uh, what was the funny alcoholism No, movie? the funny
1: alcoholism was actually a haddock in the Tintin comic that we talked about.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Compared that's to stuff right. like that. Like, I, I was just like, I have <laughs> talked with Roy about funny alcoholism previously. Yeah. Um, there's
2: alcoholism and then there's funny alcoholism. <laughs> and I think this leaned more towards alcoholism and not funny alcoholism. Yeah. yeah it's which not... Which is kind of surprising.
1: It's not like, I mean, even stuff like... The 12-step the, the program stuff, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. it doesn't really, like, make up its mind. Because I think, like, with the idea of the Stuart Small character mm-hmm. in its, like, original incarnation, it's supposed to be part of the joke, seems to be just like this, you know, again, very 90s, like, this Mike Judge-type, like, skepticism of anything that is, like, New Age or hippie-seeming.
2: Um, yeah.
1: Where where like okay like like uh, recovery programs that's a bit uh, you know it's a bit it's a bit ridiculous isn't it? Like it's, <laughs> it's that attitude like they're they're overdoing their 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 twelve step program stuff, which is I think there's like you know genuine critiques to be done mm-hmm. about. Like not to bring up David Foster Wallace again, but like <laughs> <laughs> Infinite Jess does a lot about like you know characterizing like 12 step programs as like kind of like a replacement religion for the characters yeah. you know
2: if hey if the just is infinite the just is infinite
1: <laughs> exactly another, look, another like 90s product uh, that also has like a lot of like 90s missteps but uh, you know the, <laughs> the treatment of addiction is like kind of interesting and kind of you know comes from a personal place with David Foster mm-hmm. Wallace uh, This one doesn't feel like The treatment of all this Because it's like the joke is a bit That he's in all these programs And even, even if he You know isn't a Drug addict he Like warns people About how easy it is to become a drug addict Or something right like it's just like this mm-hmm. Stolen valor idea That he's like in <laughs> uh, In recovery programs That he's not like recovering from <laughs> yeah but again it doesn't like really dig deep uh other than like again the effects about how the dad's alcoholism is bad for the family right like it does mm-hmm. uh do a decent job with that but even even that isn't that much about like it, it characterizes i guess like how the dad is like it's less about his alcoholism right and more about his uh Failure to acknowledge his own mistakes, like that's what it all comes down to. (sighs) Anyway, it's a movie. Anyway, it's a movie. (laughs) You said you have some other stuff to talk about.
2: Um, do I? Uh, I thought I did. I mean, I, 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 um, um, I went to Letterboxd because I wanted to see if there was anything, uh, anything interesting there, and then I you know went down the scroll wheel four times and saw your review so it's nothing that like you haven't seen um i would imagine at least um the uh there's not really fucking even roger ebert has like nothing really interesting to say he just enjoyed it whatever um yeah i mean this is is so
1: like the wikipedia article is also so short like it just has like a It barely describes the plot, like it just says what the concept is, but not really what happens. Yeah. Um, The production thing is just a book thing that I Mm -hmm. mentioned. Oh, apparently they did a... After the movie bombed, uh, SNL did a skit where Stuart Smalley was depressed about the failure of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Complained that the movie watched Dumb and Dumber and Bad Boys instead. Mhm. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I always think that's a bit pathetic when they when you try to like. I think it's you know if you make fun of your own failure or like your own box office bomb like five years later that's fine but like as it comes down to be like self deprecating about it that's a bit cringe.
2: Mhm. <laughs> um, I am looking at the IMDb reviews and there's one from. Mother of God, May 14th, 2003. Uh, This review is old enough to vote. (laughs) Um, And on the one hand, this review is maybe pointing towards potentially at least certain members of a demographic. um, But at the same time, I'm skeptical of giving this reviewer any credit because uh-huh. of the final, uh, opinion they expressed, but I'll read this one. This is from Rich228, uh, and the title of this review is, If you know Recovery, You'll Love Stewart. Okay. <laughs> Rich228 <228 laughs> says, <laughs> I don't know how funny this movie is to people who aren't involved in 12-step programs or don't know anyone who is, but to this 12-stepper, the movie is hilarious. Al Franken and crew seem to walk the narrow line between poking fun at the 12-step movement while also appreciating its good points. Lots of in-jokes here are some very funny ones. I bought the home video version and have watched it several times. Okay, so there's one sentence left. I'm going to get to it in a second. But like this right here, okay. Maybe 12-step program veterans will get something out of this movie that we haven't. I don't know. I can't speak to that. I've never been in a 12-step program rich 228 supposedly has um but then here's here's the last thing that rich 228 has to say that makes me um makes all of my goodwill for for rich 228 Uh go out the window um al franken laura san shirley knight julia sweeney are all very good (laughs) (laughs) i disagree i disagree i'm sorry sir i'm sorry sir I do like looking at some of these reviews and just seeing the titles of them. One from uh, a pre nine eleven review is oh, titled yes. "They all must have been on crack," <laughs> which is from DCCRA one on July fourth two thousand. There's a fucking review on Air this from nineteen 19- who was
1: on crack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a review that was posted on. September 23rd, 1998. This review is 24 years old today. That's crazy. That's insane. What does it say? Uh, Probably nothing important. It's very <laughs> small. Uh, it's, the title is underrated. It's okay. from IMDb user Obasi. This movie was funny, touching, and real to me. I know people like Stewart, and I think most people can say the same. I think this movie is wholly underrated and is one of my favorite films. I never thought I'd say that of an SNL-produced movie, but it's true. Uh, Another pre-9-11 review is titled Dear God in Heaven and gives it 3 out of 10 stars. (laughs) I'm just scrolling. I'm just seeing if there's anything else funny. Truly a moving film. 1999. I wonder if that 1998 one
1: is the the oldest review. That's weirdly... If you, if you, if you Google Stuart Saves His Family and go like five pages deep, it starts recommending TikToks based on Stuart Saves His Family. What the fuck? (laughs) And the first one is actually like a clip from this movie, I guess it's posted on TikTok. And then the second one is a family guy clip called Stewie Saves Lewis.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) I had to look up, like, how old IMDb actually is. This has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about in this episode, but now I'm just like, I have to know. IMDb
1: really is, like, a bygone era of internet, like, movie uh, fandom reaction, I guess. Like, it is is interesting how we moved from... Because I experienced this, right? right? Like, the move from the, like, IMDb... Mm-hmm. Uh, criticism to like the or like the imdb like era to the letterboxed era mm-hmm. where like letterboxd users are so like you know letterboxd users love like you know shit like parasite and come and see yeah <laughs> you know like there, there there's like a pretentiousness to letterboxed, whereas uh imdb was like still very broy like it had, like, the Dark Knight in the top five and shit like that. <laughs> uh, it had... It, I think it still has Shawshank Redemption as its eternal number one, where it would probably, like, not even crack the top hundred on Letterboxd. So it's, uh, yeah. it's it's been an interesting shift, I think. <laughs> and both are obnoxious, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but sometimes you wish... We, you. You wish back when when it was like shit in a more familiar way, right? Like there's a there's a there's a nostalgic comfort of uh uh-huh. of like the, the the older days of the internet that uh, Yeah no we don't have anymore I guess. <laughs> um IMDB
2: apparently has been on the world wide web since nineteen ninety three. But it existed in, like, database and Usenet form even earlier than that. Which is just insane to me. It's fucking wild to me that there are websites this old. Like, it's still... Yeah, I know. Like... <laughs> I mean, I... Like, we've talked about how, how I'm old. Um, I'm the grandma of this, you know, sector of, of internet people. Um, but, like, I mean... There, I like. I remember a time when the internet didn't exist, yeah, and it's just insane that, like, this is the point. I'm like, what happened for 20 (laughs) years? Like, what happened between me using kid pics on my school computers to me doing this podcast? And it's like, oh, yeah, I was on the damn internet, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's when the internet happened. It's just just insane, it's so weird. I wonder, I wonder. I wonder, what is the oldest review on IMDb? Oh,
1: that's a good one. If it even exists. Yeah, I'm trying to find... I I wonder if they have, like, a Me at the Zoo type of thing, or, like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where, like, the the founder of IMDb just, like, logged fucking heat or whatever, or, like, reviewed, (laughs) you know, some movie as, like... Here's my first IMDb review. Al <laughs> Pacino is in it. Al <laughs>
2: Pacino? Um, I think... So I think the earliest recorded reviews, this might have been... Like, I know, like, obviously I said that uh, IMDb's been been on the available internet since 1993, but it, it could have been that, like, they didn't um, have reviews until this point. Um... But all of the earliest reviews that people can find are from like July, August, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, so that one, that one that we just read about, Stuart Saves His Family, is like one of the earlier ones. But apparently, the earliest review that anybody has been able to find is on Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> it's from July 29th, nineteen ninety eight, and I'll just read it just for fun. The title is Brilliance! <laughs> exclamation point. Dumb and Dumber is so stupid it's brilliant. The dumb humor and wonderful acting from Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are so well laid out and so well told that this rates up as good tasteless comedy. This movie is not for everyone, though. A silly <laughs> mood and a taste for bathroom humor is required to sit through this. But if you qualify, you're in for a major treat. Four asterisks, uh, and it's, it's from.
1: <laughs> a taste for a bathroom.
2: It's. <laughs> It's This was posted by IMDB user Insane. <laughs> I-N-N-S-A-A-N-E Who's presumably 72 years old or something by now.
1: There's, Great. For whatever reason, some websites just don't seem to load for me right now but not all of them. Because uh, there's some like promising stuff mm-hmm. I'm finding from the titles and it just doesn't load, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, it's not that I uh, don't have internet connect- connection, because I'm on the call with you. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Who's to say? Why this uh, Vanity Fair article on the 20th anniversary Stuart Saves His Family it doesn't load that.
2: It doesn't want you to know. It's not even gonna let you get content.
1: Yeah. The TV drops page does load.
2: It has this. Of course this has a TV drops yeah.
1: page. There are tropes found in the film Abusive Parents. The alcoholic. (laughs) Great. Ambiguously gay. Great. Never directly mentioned in the film, but it's quite obvious that Stuart is gay. Is it? I mean, it is a... He plays a type that would be considered as a gay stereotype now. But again, I'm not sure if L. Franken does that on purpose.
2: Yeah. Um... God, there's so many tropes on this. Who the fuck? <laughs> Gay the- best friends. Stuart is probably this to Julia. A big clue is that even though Julia has a crippling distrust of men, she's open and friendly towards Stuart because he's not interested in her sexually. You are inventing things.
1: There's a trope for the cameo, Julia Sweeney. Sorry, that's not a cameo. That's just a role. is just in the movie. You can't call any anyone who's in it a cameo. This... Everyone has standards. As ridiculous as pathetic as Stuart can be, even he finds his mother and Maya pitiful. Great. Gay best friend. Stuart is probably this to Julia.
2: Yeah, that's what I just just read. Tremendous. Tremendous. I have, um... One other tiny thing that Mm -hmm. I found. Um... So this was uh Siskel and Ebert did review this on at the movies on April 22nd, 1995. Uh along with a handful of other movies. Do you wanna know what one of those other movies was? Them Dumb No.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: Jerry Duty. <laughs> oh great. <laughs> <laughs> tremendous. Just tremendous. I don't have anything else to say about this right. damn thing. There's, like, what? what is there to say?
1: Yeah, I don't think. You know, I don't... It's we a, don't need to... We don't need to drag this out. We have an hour yeah. of content that...
2: Uh, yeah. That's. We watch Stuart Saves oh, His Family, see, whatever. Next week, look, next we time we're watching... We do. Next time we're watching Night at the Roxbury, I will bet you anything... Oh, yeah. I can't. We'll have some things to
1: say. You know, at this point, I'm like, I'm sure it's gonna be suffering, but at this point I was, like, genuinely excited to get (laughs) to, uh... to finally feel something, you know? Because this... (laughs) This movie was so... You know, it just didn't get any reaction out of me. Yeah. Even if it's gonna be, like, repulsive, uh, (laughs) at least... at least I'll be able to react to it somehow.
2: Yeah. I want to feel again.
1: Enemy of the show, John Fortem... Maybe he redeems himself with that one. Who knows? Maybe it's a forgotten masterpiece. We'll see. They couldn't get Jim Carrey in it from the sketch.
2: No, that's okay. He was only in one of the sketches, so...
1: Okay. Yeah. We don't want to take away from Chris Catan.
2: Yeah. John Fortenberry balls in your court. You're still enemy of the show until you prove to us otherwise. Yep. I mean I'm You sure... inflict a jury du- you're not gonna you're not gonna get off easy from inflicting
1: jury duty upon us. It <laughs> does end up making Fred two night of the living Fred, so
2: He does make Fred two Knight of the Living Fred. Great. <laughs> can't wait.
1: Alright, I think <sighs> That's That has been the episode. Yeah. Um Nothing fucking loads for me, so I can't look up one of Stuart's famous catchphrases.
2: Uh We're good enough We're smart enough And doggone it, people listen to us So true So true I <laughs> cried a tear You wiped it
0: dry I was confused You cleared my mind I sold my soul You bought it back for me And held me up And gave me dignity Somehow you needed me You gave me strength To stand alone again To face the world Out on my own again you put me high upon a pedestal so high that i could almost see eternity you needed me you needed me